Hey everyone, what's up? It's your girl Nakia and welcome to the Fearless Kia Podcast. Hey everyone, what's up? It's your girl Fearless Kia. Welcome to another Fearless Friday. So this week's devotional is, you must live within your sacred truth. Hasa proverb. So much of our time, energy, and attention is wasted trying to convince other people how wrong they are about us. We want them to know we are not ignorant, lazy heathens. We want them to retract the untruth that has been told. We try to convince them that we have a valid history, a rich culture, and that our ancestors have made valuable contributions to the development of the world. We spend so much time trying to show them who we are, not that we lose sight of who we really are. It is not our responsibility to prove to people who we are. Our job, our responsibility is to be. What you do is proof of who you are. Manifestation is realization. People have a right to think whatever they choose to think. Just because they think it does not make it right. A friendly reminder, I am who I am. Okay? (laughs) A word, honey. And y'all know that comes from my favorite devotional, Acts of Faith by Ayala Von Zant. So get y'all lives. But with that being said, let's get into today's podcast guest. So this week's guest is a senior video director, producer, and host at Complex Networks in New York City. He is also the creator of upcoming film Kings America Made and a co-owner of Midwest Blends Lounge in Wichita, Kansas. You didn't think I could pronounce that. Oh, <laughs> yes. No, that was good. He has produced multiple network television shows, award ceremonies, live events, documentaries, and most recently wrapped the season, second season of complex hit series, Good Looking Out, which he created to give the next wave of young entrepreneurs a platform to seek the guidance they need to take their business ideas to the next level. He has dedicated his life and career to giving back and creating content that motivates, inspires, and encourages American youth to tap into their greatness despite any unfortunate circumstances or adversities they may face. It is a pleasure to welcome to the Fearless Kia podcast, Cameron Mack. My friend and my coworker, honey. Yes. Hello, hello, hello. Yes, we are here. We're here. I'm so happy to be here. It's been a long time coming. Yes, but we are here, honey. We are getting business done. Hello. And we are going to talk about so much today. Yes, I'm so ready. So, in order to, you know, start out the conversation and set it up, I usually like to ask my guests, what is your deepest fear? Yikes. Uh, (laughs) That's a a tricky one because I feel like we walk through life afraid of certain things, but I don't think we really identify what those things really, really are. Right. So what is my deepest fear? Hmm. I think my deepest fear is that I will never tap into true happiness. Oh. You know what I mean? Oh, that's a good one. Is that a good one? That is a good one. I think I'm pretty afraid of that. Like, scared as fuck. What triggers you when you think about that fear? Are there are there triggers? Are there outside factors that play into that fear? Yeah, I feel like for so long, I have devoted my life for pursuing happiness and 
just trying to find myself. And I feel like once Mm -hmm. I find myself, then I will be happy. But really with being a young millennial, that's so complex. It's so hard to really be able to say, I truly 100% know who I am and I am 100% comfortable in my skin and not influenced by all these things around me. So right now, because I know that I am still on that journey, then I do kind of, you know, feel like, okay, well, how can I be truly happy when I'm, I don't feel like I'm truly myself yet? Mm. So that's my fear is that I will never fully get there. I believe in myself. I believe in my calling. I see God working with, like, working on me each and every day. Right. But, whew. Do you feel like you'll ever, so you don't feel like you can ever truly attain happiness if it's contingent upon you truly knowing yourself wholly 100%? I think I can, but I just know I'm not there yet. Right. And that's scary. So do you believe that happiness is an emotion, something that, it's not constant. It's something that you experience versus something to ever attain and be consistent in your life. You know, I definitely think that happiness is an emotion. You know, it's definitely a feeling and we all know what it feels like to be happy. Right. I just don't think you're every you're ever constantly happy. Like, right. that's not realistic. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. You're right. going to have days where you're happy. You're going to have days where you're sad and depressed, you know? Right. Um, so when I say that my fear is truly be happy, but when I say that my fear is to truly be happy, more so what I mean is I fear that I won't ever fully seek true happiness, you know? Mm. It's just like... What do you define as true happiness? It's hard because I feel like for so long when we're growing up, we always try to put certain labels or try to box happiness into something. Right. Like, I will be happy once I have the career that I want, the body that I want, the the partner that I want, the kids that I want, and the car that I want. Those things, you know, those things are happiness to me. Right. But then as you grow up and you start kind of getting experience in the real world, you're like, yo, it don't work like that. You know what I mean? So you kind of start to rethink what happiness may be for you. Mm-hmm. Some people's happiness is living in the country in a little 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 town, you know, in their little country house with a with a little like you know a little pond and a little dog running around. Some people's happiness is having a million Instagram followers. Some people's happiness is having a million dollars. Yeah, I don't know what that is for me yet because a lot of the things that I used to deem would make me happy, I have done, I have received, and there's still something missing. Mm. And I have to figure out that for myself. Did you ever feel like um, that you sought out happiness through other people or individuals? And when did you start to decipher that that's something that wouldn't be fulfilled through someone else or something else and more so through yourself? Absolutely. Growing up as a lost gay black boy in Kansas when it comes to my identity and being able to figure out what I like and what I didn't like, I did start to calculate what happiness looked like. Mm. I did start trying to identify people who I thought would make me happy. I did start trying to identify certain lifestyles, certain materialistic things, certain career paths that I thought would bring me happiness. Mm. But I think that 
post-college, moving to New York, being away from family, New York really strips you of a lot of that. And it makes you have to sit with yourself and those things that you have obtained and ask yourself, is this enough? Talk about it. Why is it not? What am I really chasing here? Where am I truly going to find this happiness? Mm. And and thankfully, I've been able to lean on faith a lot and lean on my family. And, and I'm, they bring me a lot of joy. The work that I'm doing brings me a lot of joy. Right. But I still have to acknowledge those dark nights when things get really, really rough. Yeah. When that mental illness starts to kick in and things get really scary. Yeah. And happiness is not even a thought. Right. Those type of moments is really where I, I'm challenged the most. And I'm on this journey to identify what are those triggers and what are some healthier thinking tactics that I can do right. to remove those type of thoughts out of my head. Right. I'm on that journey to discovering that. And that journey, to me, is a journey of pure happiness yeah. and joy and peace. Yeah. yeah. What tactics have you found that have worked for you? Um, and what tactics are you exploring right now to see if they have that kind of positive impact in your life? You know, I've gone through stages. You know, I've gone through the period of, of friends trying to be very social, very mixy, being out at the spots, wanting to be seen, wanting okay. to be at the brunches, wanting to be at the date parties. Because, you know, if I'm out and I'm living good, life will be good. I will feel good. I am happy. Mm-hmm. That didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. That wasn't it. And then, you know... Then you start trying to, you know, find relationships and you start trying to find people who going to make you feel good, who going to tell you that you this, going to tell you that you that and everything and above. That didn't work. And then you start trying to address stuff with your family. Well, once I get this out, I'm going to be a lot happier because I have childhood trauma that I need to deal with. That didn't work. And then it just it's just this this continuation of just different things. You keep trying to to put that pressure on and it didn't work. So right now I'm experimenting with therapy, mm. which has been pretty good so far. I'm okay. about three not about I am three years session I am three sessions into therapy and it's really interesting. I've already kind of started to learn a lot about myself just over the three sessions that I had. Um, my therapist is fine as hell. So, you know, <laughs> God. I was going to ask you, was it difficult finding a therapist? It was actually because I feel like in the black community, therapy is so looked down upon, mm-hmm. definitely with men. Mm-hmm. So when it came to finally saying, yo, you need to get help, professional help. Mm-hmm. You need to speak with someone about things that your friends and family cannot speak to. Right. So I thought it was important for me to find a therapist who not only was black, who not only was a man, but also someone who identifies in the LGBTQI plus A community. So having a man of color who was also gay really was able to make me a lot more open to the process because I felt like he can really identify with me. Talking to some, which... He ain't going to hear this. My first therapist was an old, white, hetero guy. He did not get it. I don't care what you say. It just felt wrong. It felt too textbook. It felt like I was talking to a wall who was just responding back to me. I felt like I could have talked to Siri and was like, Siri, talk to me about self-care. Talk to me about happiness. How do I grieve? How do I mourn? And got more out of Siri. 
Um, so that didn't work. But this this new therapist, I think, is 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 the right fit for me, and I'm really fortunate to to have him. I'm looking forward to the remaining sessions that I have with him. Yeah. What did you use to find your therapist? Um, what resources? Yeah. So I reached out to a couple friends and got referrals okay. through them. And then on, I also friends better be out baby, here going to therapy. Yes, squad. Yes, friends. But I also had talked to my um, insurance provider to ask them about different therapists who are in network. Because let's be clear, who therapist is therapist can be expensive. Not all. I don't say that to discourage anybody from doing therapy or looking into a therapist. There's a lot of programs out there that allows for affordable therapy. Um, But since I got insurance, might as well, you know, might as well use it. And so long story short, I compared the list of the therapists that were in network through my insurance provider with the list of therapists who were referred through my friends and the therapist who I'm with now was on both lists and it was a match made in therapy heaven. So that's a tip. So that's Utilize a tip. your resources. You never know who in your community is already yep. going to therapy who could refer you to someone who could identify with your specific journey Absolutely. and speak directly to that. I wanted to pivot, though. Um, you said you tried all of these different tactics and they, they didn't work. Do you believe that happiness is a choice? Ooh, that's a tough one. Right? Because we tried all these tactics and they didn't work. You know, so I got to do a shameless plug. (laughs) (laughs) So my new film, Kings America Made, dives into mental illness, Mm -hmm. depression, and suicide in the black gay community. And we touch on that because it sounds so easy rolling off your tongue. Happiness is a choice. If you want to feel better, just be better. Start thinking better. You know, all of the stuff going on in your life, that's that stuff is not what you're going through. It's how you're going through it. Mm-hmm. Change your perspective and your life will change around you. Your mm-hmm. environment will change. You know, but it just really is not that easy. So to better answer your question, no, I do not believe that happiness is a choice. Mm. I think happiness is a reward of choices that a series of choices and decisions, whether it is to block out certain things in your life, to acknowledge certain things in your life, to appreciate things in your life, to love things in your life. And I think all of those things lead you to happiness. Yeah. How did you come through some of your darkest storms in your life? Um, How did you overcome them? And what kind of advice would you give someone who may be in a similar journey or may have a similar fear of, you know, attaining true happiness? What would you tell them? It's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. It hurts. Mm -hmm. That pain you feel is real. Mm -hmm. Acknowledge that. Don't even try to pretend the things that you are going through are not as traumatic as people try to tell you they are Mm -hmm. not. Your pain is your pain. Your story, your experience, that is yours. Those are your thoughts. You have to lay in a bed with those things. You have to walk around in that skin. For me, I 
believe I have been through some things that have been extremely traumatic and have affected me, my life, my development, me being a man. It's been something that still is hard. Yeah. You know, I lost my father when I was 17. I battled with male identity and masculinity. I had a brother who was in the NFL. And the last thing I wanted to do is to be labeled up under him. Mm. It, it's, it's a lot that I have to, that I have to say for my Oprah interview. But, you know, you know, <laughs> you know hey, Oprah, hell, at this point, I'll do Gail because Gail killed that R. Kelly interview. Shout outs to her. Um, I haven't seen that yet, but I need to watch it. It was real good. I want that energy all of 2019. Um so my advice to young people or anyone who are currently going through their storm is you just have to each day, each day that you have on this earth, every opportunity that you have to be better, just take advantage of that. When a storm is coming, you don't run and hide and start crying three days out. You start preparing. Mm. You start going to get food. Start securing your shelter. You start working on your foundation. You start identifying where the holes in your ceiling may be or where the weaknesses in your foundation. Use that same type of of, of thinking into your life. Mm -hmm. Start reading books that will help you so that when things happen, Mm -hmm. you kind of feel like, okay, I read a book about this. Bring it. Yeah. You start dating so that when you get into a relationship, when shit get rocky, you can say, okay, I didn't been here. I didn't had a couple of you before. Mm-hmm. No more. What, what's that? Uh, who is it? No more. Is that 3 Yeah, no more. No, no more. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, I'm a do right. No. <laughs> but you know what I mean? So you have to just start making sure you're taking the measures to, to live. So that when those moments happen, you can walk through them with a lot more confidence. And, and walk away from them. And walk away. When you know they're not right for hello, you. Hello, head, now, Don't hell. stay too long. It's something that you already knew, sis. Hello, a whole word. And and, and faith and family. Mm-hmm. You know, I know we all don't have families that we're proud of or families that we can lean on for certain things. But if you do, take advantage of that. If you have friends around who, who fill that void for you, take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Take advantage of faith. And I'm not saying you have to open up the Bible. You have to go start sitting in church three times a week. I am not saying that. Whatever higher power you pray to, you think about, you talk to when you're going through that stuff, have those conversations. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is a message, a word. Yo, I'm just speaking my, my, you know, I'm just telling my story, whatever. You mentioned family. You mentioned you lost your father, you know, at a young age. How did that impact you as a man and, you know, developing your definition of what manhood means to you? Ooh, it set me down a real rough rocky path it did I didn't even realize that it had that much of an effect on me until years later because growing up I was always an overachiever and I always wanted to make sure I had good grades and was this good student and society deemed me as Mr. Perfect oh my god that Cam he's doing this he's a peer leader he's president like he's everything a good student is supposed to be but I realized that I was just trying to be perfect so that I could hide from the world who I really was I started Mm -hmm. to kind of say if I'm good in all of these other things like no one would call me out for being gay or no one would notice that I really want to do this and not that. So when my dad died, it kind of shook me because it was like, yo, half of what created you is gone, bro. Mm -hmm. You will never get an opportunity to show your parent who you really are. Mm -hmm. 
And that crushed me because I felt like I was able to acknowledge that I had spent a majority of my life hiding who I was. Rather, he knew in his heart or not that I was gay. He never got to fully see me because I never fully showed him me. Mm. And that really fucked me up. That really put me down a really dark path. And it made me really angry at the world. Me and my mom... And it's still hard to talk about. It gets me emotional every time. Me and my mom were so close before my dad died. Like, best friends. But when he died, I became so angry with her. Mm. And my siblings. But really, my mom, I took it out on her. And it's so crazy because out in in public and at school, I'm this positive role model. I'm this, I'm that. You know, I'm winning awards. I'm doing it. But at home, I was so mean. I was really, really mean. And um, I just started to just try to be more and more successful. Like, just focusing on my, my grades, focusing on school. Just, you can't tell me nothing because I'm, I'm doing this. Right. You may be the parent, but I'm out here really, like, I know more than you. Right. You ain't been through what I've been through. Like, you, ain't, you don't know what it's like to be me, to be a, a, a black gay man. And I, I came out a year after my dad died, too. It was a beautiful moment, but then, like, the, the three days later, it was like, now that I'm out, oh, can't nobody really say nothing to me. Right. So it, it was rough, and it was rough for a really, really long time, and it's something that I still deal with to this day, um, you know. Have you um, been working on that relationship with your mom to be to, to, to work through some of the issues of the, the past? The issues of the past and move forward? Yes, we've we've come a long way. We really have. Um, you know, me living in New York, my family living in in Kansas. It's both a blessing and a curse because it does allow me to have a space to run to and to hide and to to be here, not mm-hmm. have to deal with a lot of things back home. But you know, those Christmases, those Easter's, those moments when I am home, it does make me. It forces me to face certain issues yeah. that. I'm clearly still not at the mental ability to face, and I don't think a lot of the topics they are. And so there's still friction there, but I feel like a lot of it is ignited only by me. Like, I come from, my family's from Arkansas, so very Southern values, and they are big on putting that stuff under the rug, dusting it off, keep moving, keep going. We don't address stuff. Mm -hmm. We're not a therapy-focused family, like, Pray about it. Pray it away. You know, uh, boy, why are you bringing up that stuff? You're the only one that be tripping. Ain't nobody angry but you. We we off that. Like that's the that's kind of what it is right. or what it has been. So I don't feel like we've ever really as a family. Not really. We have never since my father has died. That was when I was 17 years old. I'm 29 now. We have never not one time sat down my mom and my siblings and talked about his death, talked about the impact that it had on us, talked about the things that we have gone through, talked about the trauma that that put us through, talk about where we're at mentally. We have not. And that hurts. Mm. And I know I still carry that. And it may not be a conversation that they feel like they or we need to have, but it is a conversation that I believe we should have. And, the frustrating part with it is I feel like if I bring it up, it creates an issue. So I don't. So I stay away because I'm not comfortable being around my family for long periods of time 
when in my heart I feel like I want to talk about things that I know they're not comfortable talking about. Right. You know, and my family, like, you have one thing that I had to remember is my mom is going through her own things. Everybody's my brother, on their own she's journeys. just trying to be the best mom she can be with three boys by herself. Mm-hmm. I will never know what that's like, ever. So I don't pretend to. And I found peace and in, in humanity with her because I've been able to acknowledge that she's just doing the best job that right. she can, too. But I, my, my family, we're a very loving family. It's just we're trying to break this cycle of, of, of teachings that tell black people that we can't talk about certain things. Yeah. Like mental illness, depression, death. Mm-hmm. So that's where we at. Well, to speak on a... A high note. Yes. Um, but not to say that that's a low note. That's just to say that that is something that affects a lot of black communities, right? Mm-hmm. Us as families, particularly families, talking about issues that we kind of sweep under the rug or we, all right, you know, cry about it tonight, move forward tomorrow right. type of Drawing thing. Tears. Um, but one of the highlights and one of the things that I saw uh, when you opened up your business in Kansas. I believe your mother was there with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted you to talk about that moment and, and, and how that made you feel to be, you know, a business owner, um, a young business owner at that in your hometown um, and to start to drive multiple streams of income for yourself. Well, I got to give all the credit to my to my brother and my mom, really. Like, this dream was a dream of my brother's. Mm-hmm. He always wanted to be a barber even when he was in the nfl he was always cutting players hair it was just a passion of his yeah um and so once he kind of started to 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 wrap up and retire from the nfl he did start asking himself what other business opportunities are there out there for me what can i do how can i flip this how can i really um monetize the influence that i now have as a as a nfl player and as a post nfl player or retired so it was his vision. It was his dream, you know, okay. to open up the barbershop. I was just there to help out with the aesthetics. Like, that don't look good. Like, I designed, like, you know, the waiting room. I'm like, all right, I'm going to get all the chairs, do all of this, do more of that. Um, more of the design uh, portion of it. And he's okay. more of the, the operations. And he's he's there. Shout doing out the to the brother. Shout out to Roberto Elbert Mack holding it down in the, in the Dub K at Midwest Blends Barbershop and Lounge. Um, and so he, he does a lot of the day to day. And then my mom, when my brother was, um, he went to Texas and he kind of opened up, um, like kind of like a, a mini version of it. And then, um, or like a smaller, um, lounge and barbershop while he was there. Cause his daughter is there. Okay. And so my mom had to take over a lot of it. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like rough because she's now having to do a lot more of the day to day operation stuff for businesses that her sons kind of like launched. So that was hard on her. Cause my mom also is an entrepreneur. She yeah. owns um, a whole entire um, assistant living facility. Okay. So she's literally running her own business with her X amount plus staff members and 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 I don't I can't remember how many patients, how many beds she has now. I think it's like maybe like five to six patients that she has to see on a twenty four hour basis because when you're in health and it's 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 a life. Um, and then she's running over and trying to do stuff with the business, trying to pick up, you know, uh, rent and this and that and making sure it gets locked up at night. So it was rough on her and it's rough on me because I want to be able to do more. I want to be able right. to be there and to help. But I just try to do as much as I can um, while here in New York and try to get to Kansas as much as I can and, and, and show face. But it, it, it's, it's, it's hard, you know. I, I But you're running a family business and a lot of things that we used to have in the black community, family owned businesses, black owned businesses. To be in business with your family and to see that manifest itself, like that's something that, 
you know, not a lot of people in our community have attained. Mm-hmm. So even if, even though it is a hard process, and like you've already mentioned it, like, what a win. What a what a thing to say, like, you did this with your family. I really, I, I can't even take credit, man. I just, I really have to. I'm saying with the family, the whole family, the whole family one. Shout out to the fam, I'm proud. I, I'm not, you know, keep me honest. I <laughs> came out here keeping me honest. Look, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a face or whatever. You know what <laughs> <laughs> Y'all here keeping me honest, but it is a win. So shout out to the Mac. Yes, shout out to the Mac. Yes, keep black businesses, black family owned businesses. And support businesses, black businesses. And support black businesses. Um, I want to transition a little bit with another project that you worked on. So we talked about business, but talking about your film, um, your series that is coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something that I remember when we were in the car, mm-hmm. leaving CosmoCon. Yes. And you were just so passionate um, about this series, this film that's going to come out. And I want you to share that same passion with my listeners because I think it's very important. Um, and I, and, and this is your story, mm-hmm. right? And this yeah. is your product. This is your baby. Mm-hmm. And I saw via the visual how much effort, work, support, friends really put into making your vision come to life. Yeah, it's been amazing. It's, it's also been a journey, you know, um, I have been working in the entertainment industry for eight plus years now professionally, and I kind of started to try to navigate, like, what type of producer do I want to be? What type of creative do I want to be? Like, you know, like, you're killing it in your space with the podcast. There's people who are killing it on camera. There's people who are killing it as directors, videographers, stylists. But I was kind of like, all right, I'm very passionate about a lot of the things. I can do a lot. I've directed. I've produced. I've done this. I've done that. But what do I really want? my first piece to be Mm -hmm. what do i want my stamp in the entertainment industry to be or just as a creator like what is that you know i've I've been with complex for over three years now and you know it's good to be like okay i'm from complex but i'm like all right if complex or any of these things that i'm currently doing were to go away like who would i be Mm -hmm. what would people remember me as Mm -hmm. like someone who's working for a brand or someone who has built a brand for himself a bar bar (laughs) <laughs> and so I kind of, um, you know, just started like dipping and dabbing and, you know, dipping and dabbing. What is it? Dibbling, what is that? Is dibbling and dabbling. Dibbling and dabbling, whatever, and a couple of different <laughs> stuff. But I just couldn't really figure out what it was I wanted to do. One time I was like, yo, I want to create a show about black, young, gay millennials. It's going to be like the hills are going to be kind of like the real housewives or something. It's going to be like five really dope people navigating through New York. I shot some stuff, wasn't really feeling it. So I'm like, all right, we're going to pay that. We're going we gonna to kind of like shelve that for now. And then I'm like, oh, a couple years later, we're going to do a I want to do a series that talks about like, you know, cliques and, and like an entourages mm-hmm. and the influences that, you know, those type of people have on each other and vice versa and all this type of stuff. I shot that wasn't really moved. And so it was just like all these different things that I just kept doing. And then I kind of went through some stuff last year. And my mom was like, yo, I really think you should put a lot of this into, you know, the passion project you want to be working on. And I was like, well, I don't really know what that is. But she kind of woke me up and was like, well, you need to figure it out. It's time for you to stop being a slave to the nine to five and start asking yourself, what is it you want to do? And then around that same time, I started to notice that a couple of my friends, my peers started to publicly come forward and talk about mental illness and Mm. depression. And it was something that I knew that I was currently going through. Mm. And I was like, all right, God, I see what you're doing here. I see the signs. And so I was like, yo, I can talk about this stuff behind closed doors with them, or I can bring this conversation to the forefront and hopefully it can have a positive impact on young people and we can kind of 
launch the, the bigger conversation, not only in the gay community, but in the black community. So I sat down with four guys and we just told our stories. And then from there, it kind of just took off. And I just started to dive deeper into it and started to shoot different scenes and started to be inspired yeah. to do this and inspired to do that. And next thing I know, I was in an edit and I'm like, all right, I'm not going to edit this film this project i'm just gonna like you know work on the storyline and then i finish the storyline i'm like well i had the footage from this scene let me just start playing around with, with, with the footage and then i looked up and i had all these scenes and it just started to all come together so organically and naturally in this past um couple weeks i've officially finished which has been extremely exciting you know i launched the trailer on christmas come eve on. yeah man it's, it's it's so weird because like I would be at work and all I could do was think about it. I'll be at home, all I could do, all I could how think you about know. it. I'll be on a plane, mm-hmm. yeah, and I'm just pulling out my computer, editing. Okay, I need to do this. Yo, can you film this weekend? I want, I got a, you know, idea for a scene. Okay, boom. Yo, can you shoot? No. Okay, whatever. I'm, you know, pick up a camera. I'm gonna shoot it myself. And that's kind of how the whole process kind of happened. And like I said, I submitted a couple weeks ago to film festivals, so I'm excited to hear the feedback from the bigger, greater film community. But hey. If they not rocking with it, that's cool. This is my first project. This has been therapy for me. This has been me being able to tell my story my way. And to me, that's what's most important. And I know that it had a positive impact on the, the people who have been involved with it. And I just hope that it has a, a, a impact and, and moves young people in the same way that I know that it's, it's been able to move me and people who have seen it so far. So I can't wait to officially launch it i think i'm gonna probably have some screenings over the next couple months and then probably an official launch um this upcoming summer i can't even go to this yo no yo i submitted to a couple la film festivles so we're gonna see yo regardless if i get into any of the la film festivals i'm definitely going to try to work with some la folks and do a la screening i think that's important so festival or not i'm going to try to get this film in front of in front of as many eyes as I can, period. It will get in front of as many eyes. Claiming it. Period. 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 <laughs> period. It will. It will. It will. Regardless if they say no, you go somewhere. Look. Look. All right. Thank you, next. Look. Thank you. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> we over here yes. pop culture rapping. Hello. Hello. Yo, we're going to do a mixtape after yes, this. Yes, I'm so serious. <laughs> so let's transition a little bit because we clearly talked about Family business. We talked about your fear. We've talked about your project, your passion, what fills you. Um, now we're going to shift gears. This is like the part that everybody gets a little, oh, sis, we going there. Okay, bring it. We talked about happiness. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about love. Girl. <laughs> Thank you, next again. We're going to transition right out. Of that subject. Thank you, next again. Again. You know, I'm hitting that. You know, me swiping through Tinder. Okay, I'm just going to keep on swiping left because ain't none of this hitting that subject. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. Let's do it. Let's do okay. it. Okay. So you were in a recent relationship. How uh, you know that? Did I tell you that? Yeah. Oh, okay. No, I've been keeping my stuff real low key. So sometimes I don't be knowing who be knowing my tea. But yes, okay. I was in a relationship. Because we was walking to the brow place the other day, and you had oh, told me, right, right, you had said, you know, whatever. So I was like, oh, okay, so this is information <laughs> that we can go ahead and draft on that. Yo, the let's do it. Well, it's public knowledge now, so anybody out there, if you want to ask a question about my relationship, hit me up on my DMs, whatever. <laughs> at Cameron underscore to Paul. 
Don't do that. Y'all really be hitting them up. Look, I mean, it's out there. If you got a question, hit me up. <laughs> but yeah, you were in a really recent relationship. Yes. I um, don't know the duration of time. Um, I'll let you speak to that. But coming out of it, what did you learn about yourself? Right? Key learnings. Now okay. we do key learnings okay. and lessons here. Um, yes, what solutions. Did, yes. What did you learn about yourself? Uh, when, what uh, did you... Uh, so what did you learn about yourself, that experience, and how are you moving forward when it comes to when you're ready to get back out there in the dating world? Ooh, I wish your audience could see my face right now. <laughs> <laughs> I am puzzled. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, what I learned post that particular relationship, two things. One... I got to stop being so damn nice. I'm way too fucking nice to these niggas. Two, I learned that... Oh, it was just at the tip of my tongue. <laughs> Wait, what was it? Oh, two, I fall too hard. Mm. Too soon, too fast. Mm. You know, I'm real big on seeing the good in people because of the interview. But I need to be paying attention to the good during the work, during the body. Anybody can try to spit game at you and come all correct and say the right things and look good, smell good, talk good. But it's when all of that starts to die down that you really have to start identifying who I got here. What am I really working with? I view relationships as partnerships. Is this someone I really want to invest with? What are the hard costs? What are the hard costs? Okay. What are the action items that we still need to address? Because... What is the projection of this partnership? Because a lot of times you just disregard a lot of the things that you know mm-hmm. are apparent within the first couple of days or the first couple of weeks. Like, they're all there. You just have to acknowledge them and understand, like, it's okay to feel like you don't want a guy who does X, Y, and Z or a girl who has qualities that you don't like. Of course, be open to people. Because you may think that you have a type or you may think that you will put up with one thing, but then realize that you're allowing another to have worse of an impact than the thing you thought you could never deal with. Mm. But, um, you know, it's just important to, to, to identify those things and, and be truthful with yourself. So for me, I just I just can't allow people to disrupt my peace anymore. Ooh. I just can't allow people to come and put me off course. We all busy. I don't care if you work at McDonald's or if you work <laughs> as a CEO of a Fortune 500. We all got shit to do. And one thing that I just can't do anymore is waste time. You know what? Let me not say that because I don't believe in wasting time because I think all time that you're at least doing something, there's something you can learn from it. Mm-hmm. What I can't do is keep signing up for these courses that I've already taken. Mm-hmm. I've already done the fuckboy course. Mm-hmm. I've already done the boy who ain't secure with himself course. I've already done the DL nigga course. Mm-hmm. I've already done the course of a nigga who ain't got no purpose, no goals, no ambitions, but really love what I'm doing course. Ooh. Ooh. I can't I anymore. That. You felt that? I felt that. You felt, I, feel, I still feel that. <laughs> I still feel that. We feel each other at this point. So I just, I just can't right now. Um, so... 
to further answer your question in regards to like you know the next steps, what what's going on now post relationship? I'm definitely dating. Everybody around me is like, Cam, sit your butt down. You know, you always talking to somebody. <laughs> but you know, I live in a one. You know, I live by myself in up present. in Harlem. I'm out here making moves. Sometimes I like having somebody to call at night. Sometimes I like being able to say, yo, it's New York, it's winter, come through. Let's cuddle. Let's keep each other warm. And what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. But what I have to stop doing, (laughs) see, going back to what I learned, what I got to stop doing is letting these niggas stay longer than one day. You served your purpose. I need you to leave. No, I'm just kidding. I'm I'm not acting like a savage. One of my friends, one of my friends, one of my guy friends is like, you know, you got to be able to, in the morning, tap. All right. Thank you. Time to go. Thank Wait, you. How do you get out of those type of situations? What's your strategy? If I go over I'm, to a guy's house, or if I if, if, if I'm if over I'm, at somebody's house, I'm getting my shit and I'm going. I'm them out. But if somebody's over mine, yes. Oh, they'll know because I'm kind of like, all right, I'm getting, I'm getting up, or I'm doing things. So I'm like, oh, okay, like I'm being very like. See, but what if they don't get the hint? Yeah, so I start talking about my schedule for the day and what I have to do. Ooh, I am, my you friends going to be so mad at me. I pulled out with so many times. I am about to be so late for this brunch, but I don't yeah. care. I'm already late, so I can afford another, like, 20 minutes. Right. <laughs> so I do, like, oh, like, oh, I have brunch. I got to too. Oh, it's already time. Let me start getting up. Let me get ready. Da, 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 da. Oh, did you have plans? Like, I start to ask, do you have plans for the day? Did you, were you... Oh, no, I had no... Oh, okay, well, I got... I have to leave. Like, I start to basically give the hint. That it's time to go. That actually happened to me, and the guy bluntly just asked, "Like, oh, you you want me to leave?" And I was like, "Well, you know, I do have some things I need to do for the day." Sure, I did that one time, and it was like, it is what it is. Yo, one time I did that same exact thing. This nigga lingered so <laughs> fucking long that we both walked out together. I. I had nothing to do. I had to go through the full motions of getting up, showering, putting on a look. Because I was going to brunch, right? You know you got to like put on your whole brunch look, your brunch boot, your brunch little fedora. And literally had to get all the way on a train because I knew he was going the opposite direction. So I like walked me to the train. I was like, okay. Say goodbye. Give me his little kiss. Go Did down. You get on the st- no, oh, I, I, I didn't get on the train. Like, oh my Yo, god, that's next level. I didn't get on the train, but I definitely went down and waited. And then was like, let me give it about five more minutes. Poke my little head up. <laughs> hopped in the bodega. Grabbed my little cold cut. Took my ass back home. Took them clothes off and got back in the bed. Yeah, that's od. Yeah, I'm not good at it. So yeah. if anybody got any advice, please let me know because I need a couple more scenarios to start kind of like dropping. Yeah, I gotta switch it up. I'm also, I've also done a thing of, like, nobody being in my bed within the last year. Y'all on the couch? You know, no. I'm in the bed. You can leave or you can sleep. Oh, so you don't have guys sleep over? Not in the past. Let me not lie, because niggas is listening. I'm not saying You try not to have. I try not to have. I am celibate. Loose flash. Period. I'm celibate. Period. I've been celibate for the past year. So in Me order too. to it's not been a long two or three weeks. In in order <laughs> in order to not temptation. Mm-hmm. You know, because yo, you know, desires nine, are nine real. Desires are 10, real. We put ourselves in, in situations. situations. I try not to have 
someone in my, you know, physical bed. If they are in my bed, if they are in my bed and it's one of those situations where I'm like you, sometimes I want some company. If they are in my, you know, bed and I'm vulnerable, I get to that moment, like, ooh, it's been a long, I just have that you can sleep here, you know, like you can, you know, we can do the little, you know, I always do that, but we not, but we not, like, it's not going beyond, it's not, and I'm very, that's the level of self-control that I've had, because I've been celibate for so long, that I've had good self-control, thank God. I do not, I'm working on that. And I think I learned that self-control via, like, not drinking for six months every year, and not, you know, eating meat, all these certain things, so it's like, I learned that discipline over time, but I'm not gonna hold you, don't suffer, y'all, if you don't need to suffer, if you want to get it on and pop it. Live your best life. Then I think it. for me, if I start to look back, and I'm sure I need to go to therapy for this, but if I start to go back and look at, I just feel like it was very, I started to see the same thing happening, right? Like, I'm repeating certain cycles. Mm. And I know that I wanted a different cycle to step into. I know that I want to meet my true partner and true love. So yep. I need to start changing the habits that behavior. I can control, yep. the behavior that I can control, which means people being in my bed, that ain't it, because we already know where that's going to go, you know? Like, we already know what it's going to be. Things and that I've battled my entire life when it comes to sex and that type of stuff, I've just now started to work on changing that behavior. You believe that two people can be in the same space, not have any physical interaction in the, like, until two, three, four in the morning? Yeah, I've done it. When I say two people, two people are attracted to each other. Yes. Okay. I've done it. It's been hard. You want to hear a crazy story? Me and my ex never had sex. How long were y'all together? Long enough. You know what? Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know what it is? But that's, the, the, that was you going in with the intention of truly getting to know this changing, person. Changing my behavior. Come on, behavior. The two people that I've, I mean, I've, I've, I've fallen in love um, a, a solid two times. And both of them, I did not have sex with them. You know, some people are like, well, you went through all of that and didn't even get none. No, I went through all of that and truly got to learn who someone was on a deeper level without intimacy. Mm. Or I guess we were intimate without physical. Right. You know. But also, that means that you re- respect your body as a yeah, temple. Definitely not that we it. don't. No, not a, not, a, not right. for those who are doing that doesn't. Okay, it just means life. that you're holding your body in a higher yeah. Being from a biblical sense, when they talk about your body symbol, uh, I didn't know it was about my body. It was my mind. Nope. My body was my body was telling me yes. No, we are not using that. We are not using him. We are not. Mute me. Mute me now. Mute me now, Lord. We are not. We are not. <laughs> still too fucking soon. Okay, I'm transitioning out. Soon. I'm transitioning still, out. Still too soon. Girl, that's gonna be your cold open. Um, oh, child. But. I say that to say I did want it. I had to build this barrier in my mind to say no. Yeah. Okay. Period. Let's, ooh. We going to we mute that. Okay, so <laughs> we got two pop culture. We, we, we forgot, you know, for a second that he is muted. Mute him, please. So we talked about the dating, the love. So do you believe that happiness and love are correlated, are, are kind of... Mm. On the same spectrum, yeah, of emotion. I think love is happiness. Oh. Now, 
love isn't always easy. Mm. Love is hard. Love is rough. But if you have love, that is a form of happiness. Yeah. You know? Earlier, look, make it full circle. I was talking about me and my discovery of who I am. I love myself. Mm. But I know I still got a lot more to to go through. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm not all the way there where I am 1 billion percent happy when I look in the mirror. My mind, when I think about me, I'm not there yet. Mm. I'm still discouraged. I'm still insecure about certain things. I'm still not as confident as I should be. I'm still having those moments of, of not being sure about a lot. Yeah. So I think that love and happiness is, is, is definitely, you know, in the same category. Yeah, for but, sure. Uh, but you're establishing boundaries and you're establishing parameters and you're getting to understand yourself, what you like, what you, you know what I'm saying? What your intentions are for your being. Mm-hmm. And that starts to change the course of how you move forward in your life. And it makes me happy knowing that I'm on this journey and I feel like it's the healthiest I've been in a long time. Amen. Healthiest, not at 100% complete healthy. Right. But it's progress. Yeah, and and that makes me happy. And that matters. And that matters. That matters. We're not repeating cycles. We're progressing. Yes. Moving beyond the state that we were currently in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and so to bring this even more for full circle, if your fear is never attained true happiness, what are some core <clears throat> principles that you have in place in your life to try to live a more fearless life. Mm. Ooh, this list is forever changing because just be give us like three. Three or, is um, staying true to myself and trusting myself more mm-hmm. in a lot of different scenarios. Rather, it is work related, family, relationships, friends. Stop letting so many people influence me. Mm-hmm. Not that that's ever been an issue issue, but you feel like that, and that's okay. Right. But I have to be stern in how I feel. Right. I can hear you. I am listening. I'm open to change. But right now, I kind of have to just own being me Yeah. and just accept that. Another one would be sitting my ass down, not feeling like I, not going to places that don't fulfill me. That has been major Stop hanging around people who don't fulfill me. Look, there may be people who hear this and they just know what, who, (laughs) all of that. I had to remove myself from certain people and it has nothing to do with them. It had nothing to do with a fight, a falling out, a disagreement, a this or that. It's just, I mean, some of it, but... Honestly, it was more about me. Yeah. I have to do what feels right for me. Yeah. I'm not trying to be in spaces with people who don't fulfill me right now. I have too much to lose. My health is on the line. My happiness is on the line. My career, my family, what I'm trying to do with my life, my legacy, my journey, my purpose, all those things, I have to make a priority now. Yeah. And anyone who does not align with that, unfortunately, right now, I need you to go sit in the stands, (laughs) get out of my lane, and watch me move. Come on. 
I don't like this. Just watch. Just just sit back and watch. I'm not saying you have to, but I'm gonna need you to get the, get the fuck out of my car. <laughs> get the fuck out of my car. Get out of my lane and go sit your ass over there. You know, go sit your ass down and enjoy the show. Yeah, because I, I know you're gonna be watching. Yeah. Um, and then three. Uh, what's another core value? I would say learning is really important for me right now. Mm-hmm. I've been watching a lot of documentaries, mm-hmm. as you know, <laughs> from Abducted in Plain Sight to Leaving Neverland to Surviving Kelly, but uh, documentaries on um, Karl Lagerfeld and uh, Steven Spielberg has a, a documentary and just doing more research on things that have happened in the past and going to the movies. All of that type of stuff to me I consider to be research and to be learning about different people, different cultures, different stories, travel. All of that comes into falls within this learning category. So I would say so, those are some of the things that I've really been trying to do lately to yeah. – um, to keep myself grounded and keep myself focused on the things that are really important. Absolutely. One, to wrap up the conversation, I want to first thank you for your time. Thank you for your story, your journey, being vulnerable and authentic to who you are and sharing this with the listeners. Um, I'm truly grateful for that. Two, you a bad bitch. Am I? Don't ever forget that, honey. Okay, don't ever. (laughs) Okay, I won't. (laughs) (laughs) And three, I like to close off the episode with a quote that I feel ties to my guesses. Fear. So the quote that I have, and I hope is good enough, is by Goldie Hawn, honey. Yes, Goldie. The only thing that will make you happy is being happy with who you are mm-hmm. and not who people think mm-hmm. you are, honey. Miss Hine, Miss Hine, Miss Hine. Thank you for that. I that that's that. it. That's it. Just. I'm not going to drop your, your equipment, but that was a drop mic moment. Yes. With who you are. That's all that matters. Yes. Not what everybody else thinks. Can you send that to me? Yeah. Can you screenshot it? Yeah, yeah, please do. Please do. But thank you so much for having me, man. Like, this has been an amazing opportunity, and I'm just happy to be able to have another platform like yours to be able to tell my story and to talk candidly, and I appreciate it. Absolutely. This this is why the podcast was created, because we all got things that we done been through, Mm -hmm. things that we overcame, things that we're still battling, and if we don't share this with amongst us, how are we going to get through it? You know? You're amazing. Amen. I love You're you. amazing. Thank I you. Love you. love you. And with that being said, guys, I wish you nothing but love, light, and many a blessings. It's your girl, Fearless Kia and Cam. And we are out. Deuces. <laughs>